The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Thanks so much for tuning into the show as we celebrate all things creating and stories. And I'm so excited to be here today with you. And I want to tell you a little story about something that I ran across in my reading this week. And it's, it's a really good story, so I'm thrilled to be able to share with you. I read this story, and it's about the love between crafters, their art projects, and those who love the crafter and love their projects. These are the projects that go unfinished, and especially the ones that go unfinished when the artist can no longer complete their last piece because of illness, disability, or death. These last projects, it might be a quilt, a rug, a sweater, an afghan, some socks, or other handmade treasures provide a lasting connection to a loved one and it's one of the hardest things for a family to know what to do with as they're trying to sort through the pieces that belong to that person and sometimes they end up packed away in a box and this is where the story I read on NPR introduced me to the crafting superheroes who come to help the family complete those handmade family treasures What I loved about the story was that the women who dreamed up this idea started by finishing projects for friends who had lost their mothers. When they got another request, they looked online to see if there were an organization that could help help them find somebody to do that. And that is how the organization Loose Ends came to life. Loose Ends, which can be found at looseendsproject.org, is a program that matches volunteer knitters and quilters and other crafters with projects left unfinished when a person dies or becomes disabled. It's the brainchild of two longtime friends and knitters, Macy Kaplan and Jean Simonic. I hope I've got that one right. Uh, it, what a really beautiful idea. It's, it's a brand new developing organization. And right now it's these two ladies with a spreadsheet. <laughs> and they're trying to get a little more uh, help to have some, some organization and some uh, resources. So uh, give them time if you're interested in connecting with them. But it's a really, again, loose ends project. I just love this idea. And I want to thank you to those wonderful women for bringing that story to the to light and for NPR for, for you know bringing it up to the world. And especially want to thank the crafters in the world who share their talents and passions to make the world a place of love and connections. One of the stories they featured was a woman who had, I believe it was a mother who passed away and wanted to finish the story, uh, finish the, excuse me, I think it was a sweater, 
but didn't know how to knit, asked her daughter who knit, but it was so complicated they couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. And they made this connection through Lucen's project and were able to, you know, find somebody who could understand what the, you know, where the, the piece was going and was able to finish it. And what was great was the woman whose mother had passed away loved to bake. And so she got to bake a cake for the woman who did the knitting. And it was like this beautiful circle of everybody coming together and making connections. So today's story on Arts Any Radio is also full of yarn and love, crafting, connecting, and plenty of creativity. And I can't wait to share this story with you. Today in the Arts Any Radio studio, I'm going to welcome textile artist, knitting designer, and opera singer, Lisa Dolan. And she will share her crochet mandala project at Northfield Yarn this weekend. So I want to be sure that you uh, hear about that. You can get her information at Lisa Dolan, which is Lisa D-A-E-H-L-I-N dot WordPress dot com. You can also check out NorthfieldYarn.com. The event is Sunday the 30th of July, 2023, from 2 to 3, right here in downtown Northfield, at Northfield Yarn, located at 314 Division Street. It is free and open to all, but uh, Cynthia from the Yarn Store uh, requests that you uh, make an RSPP so they have enough chairs for everybody. And this project, we'll get into more of it, but it's... um, coming full circle, coming back, because some of the crafters and and community members from the Northfield Yarn donated yarn and scraps and stories to textile artist Lisa Dolan for the creation of her crochet mandala project. And it is going to be really a thrill to be able to see how this all developed. So I'm going to go ahead and turn on the mic and welcome Lisa to Arts A&E Radio. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for being here again. I'm happy to be here. Wow. The last time I was here was on the radio with you, as opposed to down the street. I'm down the street at the yarn shop every time I come to town. Sure. Yeah. But uh, I guess that was 2014. Is that, that sounds about right. So 2014. Yeah. I had to look back at my blog to see the date. Um, <laughs> I performed my opera knit cabaret at the yarn shop that year. It was a very cold, extra cold January. And on a very cold night, we weren't sure if anyone was going to come. Esther... Um, Wang and I were performing together. She's an extraordinary oh, pianist. Oh my goodness, she and, is. Yeah. And um, and we just weren't sure who was going to come. A friend was coming down from the cities because I had a PowerPoint presentation to go with my show. And she promised to bring the projector. And she's a very predictable friend, this person. And she was there. And about 50 people came. And I thought, wow, on a cold, cold night when, you know, it's January. We're tired of the cold by then, you know. Um, although right now I'm not tired of the cold. Bring on the cold. Bring on the snow. It can snow right now. No. I would love, I'd be okay with it. I'm out there doing a snow angel if it snows, I promise. (laughs) But um, anyway, knitters are voracious. We say knitters. For me, it's one category. Knitting, crochet, stitching, whatever it is. Um, Knitting was my first uh, doorway that I opened into it. So it's, that's one catch-all term for all of it. And we are a voracious group. (laughs) I think that's true, right? And and folks love to support each other and to, you know, share these stories. And there's a great, always something great happening. And people do show up in this town. Yes, and to be a part of something. Mm -hmm. Everything is there. I've had some uh, random experiences recently where I am reminded 
we are all connected. Mm. We are, you know, there's the whole seven degrees of separation or six degrees, whatever, whichever one it is. <laughs> we are so connected to people. So sometimes, I mean, I live in New York, in Manhattan, and there's so many people around me at all times. And when I can set aside the, oh, I got to run over here, I got to go over there, I got to go, oh, which subway stop am I getting off, planning my transit, and just calm the heck down for a minute. And I just said, heck, I'm in Minnesota now. <laughs> here comes my Minnesota <laughs> accent. Oh, I'm shifting into Minnesota. I'm going to go back into New York now. <laughs> um, but I'll look around and and realize I've never seen most of the people in front of me at this point, you know, mm, riding the subway or something. It happened, right. But I know that I have commonality with them somehow, some way. Maybe we work together at the same place, but we don't have the same shift. Or maybe we catch the same bus every single day and we're too stuck into our ear, earphones to actually look up and go, oh, there's that person, right? So anyway, I don't know. Bring me back, Paula. Bring me back. I w- it's great. <laughs> I'm and like reeling off into space. I'm here. just so glad that you're here. I mean, you're, you're um, like you said, it's it's so much more. It's hard to describe what you do. You're, I mean, you're an artist and a designer yeah. and a singer and a performer and a teacher yes. and all of those things. And uh, you have created these I think these projects that come from love. They do. Um, <clears throat> we can say love. We can also say, you know, it's like, it's an interesting thing. We live in a world where we have machines that make our clothing, you know, that weave, that knit, that do all these things. So we can just go to the store and buy something. We don't have, if we want to make it through the winter with a pair of socks, we can just, you know, we don't have to knit it ourselves. You know, no dissing the sock knitters out there. Bring it on. Bring on those lovely socks. But we have options. So if someone then wants to stitch, 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 stitch for hours and hours and hours, possibly months, depending on what they're making, it could be a form of mania, <laughs> a beautiful mania. But it, it is it comes from love. It comes from intention, from from uh, I wanted to say intention, but intense, see, a tense um an intent on doing something, right? Sure. A passion, and maybe? A passion, right. And every once in a while, like if, if, the, if I've had a rough day, you know, I'm like, I have to knit before I go to sleep. I have to knit, 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 knit. Okay, there the day goes, right? So I, I think about the, sometimes I have this imagery of uh, the day. So we interact with the day, right? It's as if we're in a room full of books, right? And it's, oh, I'm going to have this conversation. Pull a book off a shelf. Done with that. Set it down on the coffee table. Now I'm going to go to my job. Oh, pull that book off the shelf. Now I've commuted to my job. The books are the metaphors for all the things I do all day long. And at the end of the day, I've got a pile of books everywhere. And I'm not too, I mean, this kind of what I've done to your desk here is what my house looks like. There's yarn everywhere. <laughs> and um, so at the end of the day, I need to mentally reshelve the books. I like that imagery. Right. And uh, you would think my imagery would be yarn, but maybe that's too, it's, it's impossible to reshelve all my yarn. So I think of the books, they're more tangible objects, you know, square little things they fed away, or rectangular objects. And then just let it go. And so as with many people who stitch or draw or journal or mm-hmm. doodle, knitting, whatever we do, um, we find a way to just kind of like take all that energy and <sighs> let it go. Right? That's so important. And I think that yes. not everybody recognizes that, you know, it's you don't have to do it always just with the intention of, you know, 
showing your work or uh, making it a part of an exhibit or it it can be just for some of those personal reasons of processing your day. Yes. And just kind of like, okay, this is my meditation. This is my, you know, way of connecting with something outside of myself or it's, I mean, there's a a lot of reasons to do some of these things. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I'm thinking of some of the students in, in classes I've been teaching recently and people do things for a reason. Say, I'm going to sign up for a class because of X, Y, Z. Oh, I've heard, you know, this is Zen-like. I need some Zen. Or I want to make all the holiday gifts I'm going to give or something, something. Or I never had a chance to learn this from my grandma Mm. and now I'm valuing it and I want to do it. All kinds of reasons why people come to take a class. And um, so that's, it's not necessarily my job to figure out what they want to do with this. It's my job to teach them and foster them along and and more and more, I will use the word love in class. This is a love. It's a knitting class or a crochet class. This is a loving environment. It's all okay. You're going to make mistakes. Those mistakes are then design elements later on down the line. <laughs> and so I started a new class or a new class that I'm teaching started mm, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Gosh, time goes by. And I've got 10 people in there, some people in person, some online. And I'm thinking of two people in particular in class. And uh, and I'm never picking on anyone. I'm just using examples. But one person is very, I can see she's what we might call type A, kind of, just as an easy description. And she wants to learn. I see her eyes darting about, looking, looking. I want to learn. How do I do this? How do I make this flat circle? How do I do this? Why are the edges like this way? I need to fix that. And then I've got another woman, you know, down at the end of the table um, from her, and she's pulling stuff out of her bag for show and tell at the beginning of class. And it looks like just you took a ball of yarn and just ripped it apart, and there's yarn hanging everywhere. But then when she lays it out or holds it up, she's made a sculptural something that wasn't necessarily intentional. Just she's I don't know how I did it. It just kind of, I got this big <laughs> hole here and this, and I think it looks like a jellyfish. I'm like, you're right, it does. <laughs> but she's doing some extraordinary sculptural thing with the stitches. She's still making the same type of stitches as the woman down the table, at the other end of the table. But boy, do those things look different. And that's really interesting. And that's <gasps> that can be such a valuable time, a beginner's mind, yeah. right? Where they are not, um, not having expectations mm-hmm. and they're still still uh, learning and it, it, you know, and how you deal with that is a really telling, you know, piece. And once you, you kind of get into your voice, let's say, mm-hmm. um, then that's, you know, that, that's that discovery time is so fun. Yeah, <laughs> I want people to embrace that rather than be yes. like, well, I'm doing it wrong. So I'm just giving up. Right. <laughs> and, and especially as adult learners, mm. we think we're supposed to, we're learning something new. Why on earth would we think we already know it, but there's all this stuff like, well, I'm an adult now, whatever that means, and I'm supposed <laughs> to know all these things. So before I go to class, I'm going to Google as much as I can. I'm going to watch all these videos, and I'm going to learn how to do it before I get there, so I'm not going to be embarrassed. Without even moving your hands on it, any piece of you know equipment or yarn or stitches right. or... Right. Or having a human being sitting next to you can learn a lot from video, of course, but it you know it's a different experience having someone hold your hand literally or say, oh, no, this exact little piece of info is for you right now. Not what that video was. But um, yeah, so very, uh, I think one of the things that I enjoy about teaching is reminding people, it's okay, make the mistakes. Please don't rip out your work at the end of class, you know, oh, and yeah. because this is these are the notes that you take, it might look like a piece of garbage. But in two weeks, you're going to look at that little weird pile of yarn and go, Oh, 
I see what I did there. I didn't get to the end of the row. Oh, I went under one loop instead of two. And that's why it all pulled up the slack from its neighbor. Now I get it. Lisa's been yammering about her personal terminology for knitting and crochet. And now I know what she's talking about. You know, the visual. <laughs> right. 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 Oh, what a, I would love. That sounds yeah. like a, my kind of class. Yes. Right? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Sign on up. I'm, I'm, I'm hybrid now. We're hybrid <laughs> online and in person. That's true. And did you always love creating? Was that always a part of who you were? You know, when you said, did you always love creating? My brain immediately said creating a mess. Oh, that's what my, my brain said. I mean, it's early morning. I'm not an early morning person. I need to sip more tea. But yes, I said creating a mess in my brain. Um, I yes, I do like making stuff. I grew up in a tiny town. I usually win the small town competition, not in Minnesota, but out in New York. I do. People say, oh, I grew up in a small town. I'm like, how many people? 6,000. I know. And, you, and I'm like, I'm 274. No, 264. 264, 274. I've changed. Yeah, it's tiny. So anyway, before the internet, right. northern Minnesota, tiny little town, no library. Thank God for I know, right? I see the look on your face right now. <laughs> we had a small sort of library in the school, but, you know, not much. And um, it was more like bookshelves of decoration around one of the classrooms. <laughs> um, but thank God for the bookmobile in the summertime. Yes, yes. They're the greatest things on earth. Yes, they are amazing. And um, God bless the librarians. I'm seeing the library right out the window here. (laughs) And um, they would find out, oh, this person likes Nancy Drew mysteries. This person likes that. And they would stuff that bookmobile full of those books. Curated. Oh, my goodness. Yes, right? So I've been thinking recently something reminded me of and I can see this person I can see the man in my mind's eye he kind of looked like my uncle you know receding hairline kind of curly hair and tall of course I was a tiny little kid so everybody was tall but I thought is he still alive what's his story is someone doing an oral history on the bookmobile librarians of northern Minnesota there's an idea someone do it someone do it yeah, I I'll, would read that. Cause... I would read that too. I'm curious about this. Anyway, I, I, why are we going about creativity? Books? And you said your yes. mind went to creating. And when I said, "Did you?" Oh love yes, creating, thank you. you said, yes, there a was a, bringing the thread back, weaving it back <laughs> into the point here. Um, so you had to make stuff. And a minute ago, we were talking about you know living in the land of. Oh, here's a pile of yarn. It looks like a mess. I see some structure coming out of the chaos. Yeah. Entropy is a real thing. But let me try to find some structure in that entropy, and. Um, you only get to that when you play with the materials. And, and I keep telling people who I'm working with and teaching, wow, I'm talking a lot about teaching today, um, that uh, I have so many vibrant students right now. It's great. Um, the materials always win, no matter what you're working with. The materials always win until you figure out how to work in harmony with them and then manipulate them. I'm hesitating saying bend them to your artistic will. But there is that, you know, if you're working with wire or whatever. Sometimes I knit with wire and I'm like, okay, what's the tool? My so hand. is that a conversation of, of uh, respecting the materials, knowing the rules of how they operate? 
um, letting them see what they want to become? Interesting. Yeah, those are many different categories of something. There's a dissertation. Um, <laughs> yes, respecting the materials because you, you walk into a room and, and you see a pile of something. And maybe you're in a situation where there's a class and 10 other people have a pile of something in front of them. And there's a person at the front of the room saying, I know how to do this. Let me tell you. I'm going to impart some knowledge and welcome you into the land of this pile of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then whoosh, you just open a door and then people do their thing with the, with the piles of stuff. But those piles of things, they might be hard to work with. If it's yarn, it might be splitty. You had a supply list of things when you came to the class and you went to the store and said, I don't know what this is and showed it to the person and whoever at the register of that yarn shop or big box craft place where you're not going to find the knowledge of the local yarn shop. Let's sing the praise of the local <laughs> yarn shops. Yay. Um, Northfield yarn right down the street. Northfield yarn right down the street. <laughs> and then a plug to my favorite one in New York, Nitty City Yarn Shop. Um, so they can they, direct they just, you to they the... sell you something, right? They mm -hmm. say, oh, oh, they need a hook and a needle and uh, two needles and a ball of yarn. Here, there you go. Now, then you and people would come to class, and I'm like, oh, that person went to mm -hmm, in Soho. That person went to mm -hmm, and and you know around Manhattan. I can see where they worked that day. Oh, they work over in the meat packing, or they work on the Upper West Side. I can see based on what yarn they picked up or what neighborhood they're from. And there's certain, a story. <laughs> yes, there is. And certain ones was like, oh, why does that shop always sell that? And for the knitters and crocheters out there, the the yarn that would be a thin, thick, thin, thick, really tight weave. And then a poof, a tight weave, and a poof. And when you're new, oh, those two more variables. But now, I would think that's with. really exciting because it's textured and it. Yes, it's <laughs> exciting on the second class. On the first class, it brings another level of frustration. So I guess, uh, yeah, right. And again, depending on how someone wants to learn, um, not that you have to like push everyone through. I, I look at education as okay. Here's a house, right? There's a building. I call it in my brain. It's a house, and if for some reason I want to go into that house in there is knowledge education learning whatever the thing is I want to learn or society tells me you mm -hmm. should learn that and then you go get a good job um if I can't walk through the front door which is most people just walk through the front door I open it up you pay your tuition you you're a legacy child whatever whatever it is there's a whole thing there you go in there and you do the learning and in my mind, by the nature of it, you can't walk back out the same door because that's going backwards. You go forward and maybe you go out the other door. Mm. Another door appears or that wasn't there before. One, right. Exactly. But not everybody can go in the front door. You might have to like go out to the barn, get a ladder, prop <laughs> it up against the side of the building, climb up to the second floor, bang your way in that window and get in. Maybe because maybe you're prevented from going the front door or maybe you don't know how to open the front door. Mm. You might not have hands that turn the knob. But you got a hammer that bangs through the window and you get in there and you learn or that's your way. You need to see it from the second floor. You might not see it from the first floor. Blah, 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 blah. The way someone thinks like uh, a bird's eye view. Mm -hmm. Some people think of things in terms of a map. Others walk down the street and the world reveals itself to them. We're all, I think, a little of both of those. But um, anyway... Oh, good. I just need some more. I'm going to sip my tea. All right. It's more caffeine. In then we'll come I'm back. Drifting off here. In That's my all right. Of theory. Well, we want to talk about uh, this project that you're going to be presenting. And um, I think 
that what what I read was that it came from a project that you were working on. You were in, I love this this just this line knitting in the window of a New York City yarn shop. Just that brings an image to my mind that's just lovely, and I hope it was that lovely for you as well. It was mm. your love people be kind knitting residency. And you that's when you sort of connected with this idea of mandalas. Yes. And uh, I just can honestly say I love mandalas. I love their symmetry. Their, um, th- there's a, a beauty. There's mathematics to it. There's, um, you know, answers in the universe. <laughs> I mean, yes. It's, it's an amazing thing. But I can honestly say I never would have imagined you could do that with yarn. Yeah. And so I want to hear hear how you were able to, you know, think from making your your other knitting projects. You decided that you can create that, you know, even the, just the circle itself is kind of a miracle. I think. Yes, it <laughs> when is. you're doing yarn. Yes, yes, it is. Um, and so while you're saying that, I know you're crocheting right I'm in front of me. Crocheting right in front of you. My scissor is lost in the airplane somewhere. Anyway, this hard. Or did they take it? No, no, they didn't oh. take it. No, it's it's like lost in my luggage somewhere. Okay. But um, fortunately, I well anyway. I can, I can. We might have one in the okay, office. Okay. So when this you need little it. Uh, this thing I've been crocheting here with my my hook um, is a heart, and it's it for is. you. It's for you. It's, it's for you. This little heart ski right here. It's beautiful. And you it's, just did that like in I just did it right a now. minute while I was asking yeah. that question. It's People ask me, how long does it take you to do that? And a couple years ago, I have a very proud mother who turned 93 yesterday. Happy birthday, little mommy. Um, Yeah, we had a cute party for her. I kind of want to cry a little bit. Um, Anyway, so a couple years ago, she said, oh, you made they're so quick. How how long does it take you? I said, well, mom, time me. Now, this was, you know, 10 years ago when when she could do that a little bit better she had a watch and yeah she had a watch and her hand was a little less shaky and she could time a little bit better and so I said okay ready go and I did do 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 do. I did my regular pace of it which is pretty quick and then I said okay I'm done she said a minute and a half and I said well that's not too bad you know and then she's a very proud mother she said I'll bet it was less than that and I said mom you timed me you said it was a minute and a half you can't say it's less it's a minute and a half is fine so (laughs) So and many, now, obviously, you've gotten um, your, 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 it's like a memory, right? You, yes, it's right, a, my it's hands, a, and they find the rhythm, you know, and... Uh, would, uh, some people might find that with, you know, baking bread or, yes. you know, doing a, a painting or something like they just Right, know. you go into your happy place. You yeah. go, you're like, you get your muscles moving and you just do the thing. And it's a matter of finding the right tension, all the yarn pulling from the ball, my, hand, my favorite hook. As we were setting up earlier today, I was looking for my favorite hook, and I'm like... <gasps> Did I drop it on the plane? Oh, where is it? So I'm like, okay, take a leap of faith. Use a different hook. Because, of course, I've got a few extras in my bag. And I pulled it out. And then as I went to the yarn ball, I went, it's in there. So there's a metaphor there. A needle in a haystack. I was willing to say, oh, use the other tool, right? That and I'm not as fast. Up. And then it showed up, right? So that one, that hook was a slightly smaller size. I'm working with an I or a J, for those who know what that is. And the one in my bag was an F. Now that's quite a leap of faith. So I thought, I'll have to make big stitches. Oh, and I'll probably split my yarn. But here, and no one would see because we're on the radio. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I found my hook. So I just handed Paula yeah. a little tag that says, I, oh, I don't have my glasses on. And I wrote this. I, can I remember? I invite you to take a photo comma, post, ampersand, tag, dot, 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 oh, comma, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, do we have the, uh, uh, what is the Oxford <laughs> comma? And then I've put my at Lisa Sings, NYC, hashtag love people be kind, and then Lisa Dallin at Gmail, blah, blah. And you'll notice there's a 23 on here. Oh. 
for mm. those of you over the years, all the people listening to this little heart story who have one of these, you'll notice there's a collector's edition year. here. So this is 20. Oh, so you have different editions. Yeah, it's the same heart, but I just have different tags. Right. I- so there I was sitting in the window of Nitty City making these hearts and giving away. I had ordered all this yarn, red and pink. Sidebar, this yarn, this particular yarn that I use, it's a chunky and it's made in Turkey. And that earthquake, when did that earthquake hit? Last year sometime. Yeah, that affected the yarn supply. So now I look at this yarn that I'm working with. And the red has been back ordered for months. I'm like, I need the red for my hearts. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll start working with the pink. It's okay. And now it's the pink one. It's like it's beautiful fuchsia, though. I mean, it's yeah. a, a, a bright, vibrant. Yes. Oh, yes. Thanks. I mean, thank for defining that. Yeah. Um, but I think about who who makes this yarn. Where do they? What factory do they work in? Are they still alive? You know, mm-hmm. what's happened in that country? We have. We're so connected. Again, back to the connection. Um, still haven't seen any more red yarn come in, but the pink's flowing and the other colors are flowing. So um, the factory is functioning, but. I'm curious about that. And so you got from hearts to mandalas? Yes. So there I was sitting in the window of Nitty City. This was February of 2021. And it's always a little dreary in New York in February anyway. Here too. Yeah. Right, right. Because there the snow doesn't stay. It might stay a day and then it melts. You know, there's Mm. so much heat coming up from underground. The subway, the, you know, the sidewalks, there's much heat underneath. Um, And it goes slushy very quickly. But anyway, uh, that's why we have the Central Park. Thank God for that. And Fort Tryon Park. Um, So I talked to the yarn shop and I said, hey, can I do a knitting residency in your window? And I had ordered uh, 100 balls each of the pink and the red and it was coming in. So my idea was I would be sitting amidst all these balls of yarn. And then slowly the piles of yarn would go down as I'm crocheting and handing hearts out to passersby. And... um, and it was so sweet. People were like, oh, I'm going to put it on my dog. You know, see the big Labrador with the, with the little heart around its neck. And, and people smile. They're like, what's she doing? And little kids going, oh, what's that? What's so I show, hold it up and show them while I make. And I see the parent pointing. And that's what she's doing. Oh. And then uh, anyway, so I was handing out lots of hearts. And I, I wasn't sure what this was going to be. So I brought a bag full of my swatches, samples, designs, this and that. And just kind of strew them about the place. Um, cause that's how I think, you know, create it, creativity out of a mess. Um, and I looked at, so I had two mandalas in there, um, that I must, I'm guessing I made them in 2002. That's what I've dated them at circa 2002. Um, I used to teach at Cooper union, um, years ago in New York. And, um, so it was some around that time. And so these two samples in my kit bag, which sat there for years and would rear up every once in a while for a poster or a sample in a class or something, um, were how to make a flat circle, the math of crocheting a flat circle, as opposed to the top of a hat, and then you decrease to go down or stop increasing to go down, that kind of a thing. Or making a scruffly, rumbly, scrumbly flower or something or like that. Or a shawl or... Uh, yes. What did I... My- I have a, what do we call it? Oh my gosh, a cape almost. Yes. With, you know, you pull over your head. Right, right. Like but a poncho with, sort of yes, a thing. That's the word and I was if you wanted for. your poncho, you know, if you were caught in a high wind, or think of a priest's collar, the old honeycomb, right? Those would stick straight out. Yeah. The difference between that and then it would turn into a cape and drape down. You could say, oh, I'm going to, oh, so when I was a kid and we had church choir, right? And we didn't have much of a budget. So they would take these uh, dish towels, those white, you flower know, sacks? Thank you. White flower sack dish towels. And you just cut a hole in the neck line, in the middle, and that would go over our head. Some some lady would probably sew it, you know, at the ladies' aid or something. Sew the neckline. So you've got this 
square not a circle but this flat thing and you just stick the little kid's head through it and we would put a little red uh tissue paper bow on the front and once they put the bow on you couldn't get a drink of water because it wouldn't like melt <laughs> all the way down right but that's an idea of a poncho or a cape so thinking about how that piece functions do you want it flat out in space is it just draping down or does it shape down over your body so anyway meanwhile back in the window of of, of nitty city in new york 79th Street, West Side, best little shop in town um, in, in um, New York. See, New York and Northfield both start with an N. And so I'm like, wait, which town am I in right now? Okay. They're, yeah, they, they're so similar. They're so similar. <laughs> I just, I look out and I cannot see the difference. I mean, look at all those taxis out there, like yellow cabs. Can I get, no, oh, whoops. Oh. <laughs> Look at all that traffic. Oh, my God. It's so funny. A friend picked me up from the airport a few years ago in, in Minneapolis. And we were, <laughs> she picked me up the airport. And then we came out of the airport and, you know, taking a right or I don't know. Anyway, got onto 62 Crosstown. And she said, oh, <laughs> oh, it's rush hour. <laughs> and then I, there was this dead silence. And she said, oh, I guess it doesn't really look like that to you. And I'm like, so I was just, you know, picking, picking on the little apple from the big apple. Anyway, back in the window. So I'm handing these things out. And then I look at these two mandalas that I have sitting there. One is geometric in shape and one is organic in shape. So like in the geometric one, you see the slices of the pie. Right. You see that I use eight points of increase for a flat circle in crochet. Turns into an octagon. It's a stop sign, not a circle. Spoiler alert, unless you move those points of increase and you kind of fudge out the edges, you know, the way a disc would spin. If you took a, a stop sign and laid it out flat and would spin it around, your eyes would fill it in and it would turn into a bit of a circle, right? Illusions. Ah, so, yes, right. So what I do is I, I'll crochet from the center out, keeping those points of increase like the spokes of a wheel, and then I'll just rotate them so if you imagine it as a face of a clock instead of having it at 12 and 6 12 you know 3 6 9 and 12 just rotate those points of increase to 130 430 whatever so then it just it just adjusts and it moves it and it sh it shapes the outer edge into a circle oh, right I'm just kind of yeah yeah like the way you would build anything in life if you plan it and then go for it and have a structure to it and then a design element and then it turns into something possibly the thing that you started out with but more likely into something new and exciting so anyway i looked at these things so and i realized start from the center when I, you're making them. yes i do start from the center hmm. so i looked at these designs and i went oh my the, the design of that you know thing and it had these slices of the pie that go into you know just imagine a pizza you got all these pizza you could just slice it through the middle right you've got that center point and so the heart that I was sitting there making, crocheting away and handing out the window, my minute and a half hearts. <laughs> or less. <laughs> or less, if my mom's listening. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Um, that point of increase, just having hearts emanate out from the, the center point just made sense all of a sudden. So then I started working the hearts into what I was doing. So that became the imagery. So there's not you, there's not a pre-plan. It's in your imagination that you were working through the, the this math and this logistics of... Yes. Wow. And when you say it's in my imagination and the idea of a pre-plan, okay, now let's get a little hooey-hooey, as if we haven't already been. But one of the things I do to talk about how I really do believe our creativity is and also to entice people into oh this is a fun class i'm going to come back next week that's what i'll say at the end of class okay now do your homework and, and are you coming back next week yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> making something 
taps us into, now this is a little out there, immortality. Mm-hmm. Thank you, right? I completely understand. Talking to the right person about that here, yeah? Right, because this thing, it's like, it's okay, oh, oh, I have this pile of yarn and I have this hook and I know how to make some stitches. Okay, my brain knows that much. I get my hands moving and then the, the juice is flowing through my body and the muscles and stretching out the, oh, I slept with a kink in my neck last night. The pillow was under my head in a weird way. You start adjusting that out and you come into your body and your body becomes your tool to go through the day, your instrument. I think of it that way because I'm a singer too, but anyone doing anything. I'm not a runner, but I would imagine runners think of it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, then you start doing this and you say, okay, here are the rules. I've got some rules. I start with one in the center, and all right, chain two, <laughs> eight single crochet in that first one. So the first round is eight. Some people use six. I use eight. Eight, the next one, 16, 24, 32. You add eight stitches each round in an organized still fashion. Just one crochet hook. One crochet hook. Okay. And I start out with a chain two. <laughs> and in that very first chain, I put eight stitches. And it forces, forces itself into a circle, like a little shell, you know, or a mm. little snail shell or something. Um, and then the next round, you increase in each stitch around, adding eight total. The next round, you do one regular, one increase, one regular, one increase. And it, on row fi- round 500, then you, the next round is going to be 508. I should do the math. I don't know if there's... Yeah, yeah 508. And then 516, you know, it just so adds eight. There's math in creating it. There is math in creating it, and it's the power of just the individual. Eight little stitches. If you've got something that's as big as the Metrodome, wait, that's not there anymore, is it? Uh, is it there anymore? Do you Metrodome? call it? The... They don't call it the Metrodome oh. now. It's, it's got another name. It's got a lot bigger. And, yeah, okay. Well, all right. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, it was a metrodome and it had that big puffy top. Okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe that, no, no, no. Okay. I guess it is. Maybe it still is. Oh, folks, I'm sorry. I, yeah, no, no, we're I all, was in the more immortality part. I, of the we'll go back thing. to immortality. <laughs> so the idea that you're going to make something, you take this pile of materials that you stumbled across, you start working with it, you glue sheets of paper together, you stick your chewing gum on it and a feather floats by and you put that in there and you've made something that didn't exist before. And then your brain says, oh, wow, what if I went out and found a you know some leaves off the tree okay then you go out and you find the leaves on the tree but that was just an idea in your head now you put those leaves into that little pile of whatever you're making and then you think oh I could go down the street and get that thing from the hardware store I saw that there and it's sandpaper I'm gonna add sandpaper in right and you add these things in and you are making something that did not exist earlier this morning and it didn't even exist in your mind so you have developed an idea walk through a door of a space and let something happen. And it might be a weird, strange something that might not have structural integrity and last until the next wind blows it by. Or it might be something where you made it out of stone and it's going to last a long time. Or yarn. You know, I hope that I hope it doesn't rot. I probably have a chance of these lasting 100 years, maybe. <laughs> well, it depends on how it gets stored. <laughs> exactly. How it gets stored and what's it made Handled of. And did and I strengthen the yarn with some cotton thread and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Worn outside or not. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Right. And here's what the sun one is, or not. You could, yeah, this one. You can see a little bit of a sunshine and damage on this one. So let's see. Bringing it back to then I started making these mandalas. And it was still. Uh, so that was in, in New York in February of 2021 and then we were still working online and um in the, during the lockdown the shutdown I, sh- I don't know what do we call it anymore whatever time has become strange since covid um then I came here in Minnesota during the month of May 
and did the same thing mm-hmm. in the window of the yarn shop here. And I was making two colored mandalas working with these, again, limiting the variables, experimenting with my materials. And then my brain said, oh, I need something new. I need something new. I'm, I'm bored with these just two colors. I would worked out some imagery. So then I said to Cynthia, hey, could you send a note out to the, the oh, there's Minnesota, note, send a note, note. I send a note out to, <laughs> to the regulars and say, can they bring in some scrap yarn? Leftover yarn from, you know, and, and write, this is old school in my head, and write on an index card. <laughs> I have index cards, but not everybody does. <laughs> I know. I think one, maybe two people wrote it on an index card. Other people just told me something or just dropped the yarn off. So, like, what's the story of this yarn? Not just yarn. Mm. I have an apartment full of yarn. I don't need yarn. I need yarn with a story. So, you know, like five yards, 10 yards, a ball of yarn, whatever. Um, and yarn that's left over from a project. So here's the yarn that's left over from the dog sweater that I knitted for Christmas. Here's the yarn left over from the poncho for my niece for, you know, her first project or whatever. Here's the yarn left over from my mother's chemo caps. Mm. Here's the yarn that I bought on vacation and it was so special and it's a wonderful memory in this trip and I look at it and I touch it, but I don't know what to make out of it and I'm ready to let go of it. So you take it and put it into a mandala, you know? Fascinating. That is the beautiful part of the story. For those of you just tuning in, this is Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. I'm here with Lisa Dolan, and we're talking about her beautiful project, which I hope that all of you will uh, go and see her. It is happening at the Northfield Yarn Shop, 314 Division Street in Northfield, Minnesota, on Sunday, this Sunday, the 30th of July, 2023, from 2 to 3, and it's the Crochet Mandala Project, and uh, Cynthia just asked that you could uh, click on their website northfieldyarn.com and just rsvp so she knows how many chairs to put out and see if they can squeeze everybody in i bet it's going to be full because i have some of these right in front of me here and we should describe to people i mean they are how how wide across are they is it three feet you know that's interesting and um uh everything is fascinating and interesting about my project isn't it um some of these are the smaller ones uh that are still back uh, back at home in New York, or maybe the smallest one is probably 18 or 20 inches in diameter. And But the largest one, which happens to be yarn with yarn from, from the Northfield shop, I, it was too big to bring and I couldn't unmount it from its mounting, um, is 66 inches across. It's insane. I, can, I have a picture of me like lying down on it going, <laughs> and when it was mounted on, on these cardboard boards and put into an exhibition this last spring, I, I, couldn't, I could not carry it. I couldn't lift it. It's taller than I am. I couldn't, wow. My arms couldn't raise that up. And so I have a photo of a couple of the guards. Uh, I work at Teachers College at Columbia and um, Columbia University in Manhattan. And um, God bless these guards. They were carrying it. I was so tired. It was, it was, you know, I was working all night getting all these, get, you know, crunch time for the exhibition. And they just picked it up and carried it. It took two of them and it dwarfed them. I mean, they, they looked short and they're six feet tall. So I'm like, wow. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that story that, that you decided to incorporate. Yeah other people's uh, pieces they wanted to donate. Yes. And then you collected those stories, and they become a part. Are you thinking about that as you're Absolutely, as I'm working on it, as I'm working on it. So at first it was like, oh, here's some yarn. Oh, yeah, this color, so-and-so gave me that color. Oh, and this one, this one. And I didn't know the story. So this part of why I brought this particular one that we're looking at right now, this was the first one of these multicolored concentric rings of circles of each of the different people. And with the heart theme, too. And the hearts are in all of them, yeah. 
and so I'm playing with some of the imagery and the hearts are morphing. These these hearts are a little bit pokey on the top, a little pointy. They get much more round as I'm going along and learning how to um, work with the with, with the stitches better. Um, so yeah, I wish, part of why I brought this one with me is so for the ladies who contributed to this one, I need a photo of you next to it and telling me the story of that because I didn't get the stories on all of these. So I have the casual photo of me inside, taken by me inside the window of the yarn shop and someone outside waving going, here's the ball of yarn, you know, so you can see it's not super quality photo, but, um, I I could go for some more documentation on that. So that might entice somebody to come. I have just a simple question because the colors are are just vibrant and um, just, I, I mean, I, I love the way that you have, uh, you know, pieced together all of these different patterns and colors. I don't even, how do you change colors when you're crocheting? Ah, okay. Which is like something I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not... Yeah. A, a knitter or a crochet. Someday I will be, but okay, good. not yet. All right. It's, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> yes. So, um... For those of you who know how to crochet, the color change happens on the final pull through of the stitch. And there's a metaphor in there preparing for the next thing. When I'm describing how to make a single crochet, I say there's a loop on your hook, on your tool, from whatever you just did. Previous stitch, something, something. And you insert your hook into the fabric under two legs of the V, perhaps, or just shove it in the fabric somewhere. And then you go through that fabric so that you can pull a new loop through. So you grab a yarn from the ball of a uh, string from the ball of yarn, and you pull it back through that space that you went in. So now you've got two loops left on your hook: the original one and the one you just went fishing for through the fabric. Because I noticed then, that, that there's no um, things. There's not two sides like one that's like if you have rug hooking, and one is is kind of yes. fun- funky. This is like both sides are both smooth. sides have the same, and it's not the inverse image. No. It's a mirror. I mean, or it's it's the same image on the back, yeah. but with more of a stipple. You see the front of the stitch and the back of the stitch. So when I, I do a final pull through on the, I got two loops on my hook, and I yarn over and pull through. That's a complete stitch. On that final pull through, that's where I change to my new color of yarn. So that's how I get a and nice clean stitch. You have to do that multiple stitch. times. You do it multiple times, and so when I'm doing this technique, it's called tapestry crochet. And it's when you just stunning, yeah, when you make a crochet stitch, here's part of my spiel. You insert your hook under something, under one string, two strings, something. You put your hook into the fabric. You're going under something. That's why it has a hook. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that thing that you go under becomes covered over when you make the stitch. You're actually encasing that thing that you go under. Uh, so think of the rag rugs, the rag rugs, oh, right? Sure. You see those rags, there's, you see that them going through there, and there's this smaller, thinner, less visible structure of the the strings that are holding it together. Mm-hmm. That's similar to this technique. That makes sense to me now. Yes. And so if you, the color, so I, so when I ho- insert my hook under the fa- into the fabric, I'm going to cover over that stitch. I'm attaching, I'm building something on top of that. And there's a little channel of space where I've encased that thing that I went under. And I can run the color that I'm not using in that little channel of space. So another way of saying that is I insert my hook under two strands of yarn, usually, into the fabric and also underneath the yarn that I'm not. So if I'm using white and black and white and black, if I'm knitting with the black, crocheting with the black, I'm carrying that white string along 
and I'm hiding it inside the black. Right. Just like you said in the weaving, how it gets. Yes. Over, under, under, over. Yes. And it gets. Yeah. And tucked. Yes. An extended idea of this. So these are flat circles, but just imagine if they were, you know, flat on the table, but we sculpted them up into a bowl or a Mm -hmm. basket. Years ago, someone took a class from me and, you know, I always, if we have a, just a one-off class, you know, two hours. We don't have time to, like, get to know everybody, you know, find your friend and go out for tea afterwards, you know. <laughs> but we got to, like, get to it, right? So, um, but if I have a few weeks, then we can get to know each other a little bit better. So then I'll spend, you know, some more time in class saying, hey, everybody introduce yourself. I'm a Sagittarius, whatever you want to say. Do a little marketing. Is your first class here? How huh? did you hear about it? Blah, blah, blah. What is your hope to learn here? What would you like to do? And have you ever had any experience with ending any crochet it gives me just a little and I make my notes on my teacherly list and um, try to use that you know in Mm -hmm. reference to something oh this person knows how to knit so I'll talk about it in terms of that for them you know and a woman was taking a class from me and she said oh I was signed up for an African basketry class and it got canceled so I decided to take this instead and that was 20 years ago and I thought oh that's interesting she just found a completely different class but then when I started doing this technique, which I wasn't doing at that time very much, I'm like, oh, I think about her. I don't remember her name. I can't even pull her uh, face up in my mind's eye all those years ago. But I'm like, that's what this is. That's this technique. Mm. This, so think of those rag rugs, right? Instead of going back and forth and back and forth as a rectangle for the rag rug, what if you went in a circle and you made a bowl out of that rag rug? This is that same kind of a thing, but with crochet stitches going around that inner thing, which is Part of why we call it tapestry crochet, because it's heavier and thicker. Flat. And there must be, you know, I don't know, a hundred colors in each of them. Yeah, well, and that's... (laughs) Oh, thank you for... So... One of those, I was talking about those two original ones that I made. One is two colors, and one is three colors. And... When I'm doing the two colors, let's call it color A, color B, because sometimes <laughs> I work four colors into color A or color B. I'll strand skinny little yarns together. So I, that gives me more color variation. Um, when I'm doing this technique, I'm always wrapping, moving the yarn the same way, which means it gets twisted into a spiral. So at the beginning, when it's a small piece, it's fun to then hold each ball of yarn out and it <laughs> spins, 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 and it untwists itself which is, you know, our connection to the earth. And, um, but if I'm using three colors, they braid. And that is just, I'm just, I'm moving balls of yarn. I'm like, no, not going to do that. So there are several colors in here and I've found ways to create the illusion that there's more than one color going on at one time Uh or more than two colors going on at one time. I'm using two balls of yarn as I'm doing this technique. And one is making the stitch that covers over the other color that I'm not currently using. So if I was covering over two colors, meaning two balls of yarn with one color, then I've got an extra added braiding factor going on in there. So if I'm using, let's say I'm using four colors of yarn, before I crochet with them, I take color number one and two, and I strand them together and wind them into their own one ball of yarn. Uh-huh. There you go. That's and I the... take color number three and four and I strand them together and wind them into a ball of yarn. And then I'm using it. Okay, that's one unit and two units now. Color A, color so B. So you simplify so that you can, one, you won't get tangled. Yes, because <laughs> I, I don't want to cut the yarns. Mm-hmm. But once in a while, it's like, oh, I have to. If, if I have a ball that has like four four strands of yarn and one is fingering weight or lace weight mohair oh yeah 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 you got to behave very so 
as this project goes along, and I have a feeling it will be with me for a while, this project, um, I take photos and videos all the way through the process as I divide yarns out, weave them together, make little balls of yarn, tons of video and photos for the nerds in us who are interested in this. One day there will be a 40-hour Tolstoy length presentation on it but um yeah and, and you yeah. do that with the people who donate the yarn too you've collected their stories yes and it's really I had the great honor of being able to see some of those as you're putting together this project uh, yeah. and th- those are just as as meaningful as the pieces that come absolutely more so so what I decided was um you know this was fascinating to me because you know you you anyone you meet anyone and um this is one of the things I love about living in New York. There are so many people there. You will find your group. If you are someone who collects stamps that are exclusively of purple frogs sitting <laughs> on a parked car, there is a group for you. And it's a big group, right? So not that you have to live in New York to find your big group of people with knitting and, and crochet. And, you know, you can find your group everywhere. Um Oh, reel me back. What am I losing my train of thought? So um, the stories that you told you collected these. Yes. So as as I was working with this, it became more evolved. Just my process of collecting the stories, the photos, the yarn became more sophisticated, shall we say, organized than just like, oh, I'm going to throw something against a wall and see what sticks, which is how you have to start with anything. I think that really you become genuinely interested in. So now what I do is I, if someone hands me the yarn, I take a picture of them and I'm more purposeful in the photo with the intention that we're going to show it to someone, not just, oh, remember, oh, Joan gave me that yarn. Oh, Torold gave me that yarn. Hi, Linda, too. Everybody, hi. Um, so now, and, and when someone hands you something, they hand you something and the thing is what you see. You don't see their hands. Their reach. So I said, no, 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 put your hands around the ball of yarn. I want to see your tools, your hands, right? Mm-hmm. So we do a little bit of that. And if people are willing, and not everybody feels comfortable to do it, not everybody wants their face in the photo. Um, not everybody then will say, yes, I'll do a video, but most people do. And on whatever reasons I respect, whatever it is. Um, and uh, then I say, you know, can I take a short video? And then that's when they tell the story of this Mm -hmm. thing and it's so and people are interested in other people's stories we're so everybody has a story and everybody i think needs well not everybody needs to tell their story but let's assume for a second that that's true right Mm -hmm. and uh recently said oh everyone needs to be heard and someone gently edited what i said and said everybody needs to feel heard ah that's huge that difference it is huge and everybody needs to feel like they have a story to tell that their story matters because yes. it does and sometimes that's hard to, for people to connect with and through this project you have brought that to life that yeah. um you are honoring the stories of these you know because you finish a project and you're like well i've got this tiny little ball of what am i going to do yes <laughs> um, right or, or and I've it's got... too precious to throw away yeah it might have been sitting there for five years and they're like oh that's a little scrap that's a little something when i moved from minneapolis to new york This was back in the land of listservs, right? This was a 99. Someone, I was having all these sales, selling off junk and getting some cash to move to New York. I kept my trims from S.R. Harris, though. I have a box of trims I shipped out there. Still haven't used most of them, but it's my collection. But someone put a posting of my sales from my apartment on the Minnesota Quilters Forum. Mm -hmm. 
And let me tell you, I had small bags because I make hats and scarves and all that kind of stuff. I have little scraps that are, you know, velvet that's like three inches by two inches. That's valuable. And so I was so happy that someone came and said, yeah, I'll take that bag of something. I've got an idea. (gasps) Didn't go into a landfill, didn't go into the garbage. Somehow the memories of those little hats that I made is imbued in that. And it's now it's off in someone's quilt somewhere. I love talking about this, and I wish we could keep going. <laughs> well, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we, so people have to come to the event at Northfield Yarn. Yep. It's Sunday at 2 p.m. Again, that's right here in downtown Northfield, 314 Division Street. The, their website is northfieldyarn.com, and you can check out, uh, I believe it's under the events or calendar. You can get all the details, or even if you want to register, I think it's under the um, uh of, uh, registration tab. I think that's correct. Or stop on, on, on the that. yarn shop site. Yeah. Yes. Stop. I think I think there's events or, or maybe on the blog about iron dairy events. And please, please do RSVP so we know how many chairs to put out. But also, if you it's if, if it's impossible for you to RSVP, okay, Cynthia, close your ears. Just come anyway. <laughs> <laughs> don't let, don't let, uh, if you're having a problem with the technology, don't let that prevent you to, from coming. And I know you need to wrap up, Paula, but just want to say two, a couple things about, you know, I talk so much. Uh, I brought a few of these with me and including something that I'm working on so I can demonstrate how to, how to make the technique. But um, the mandalas that you will see in person, I have videos and photos, a presentation that I'll give. So you'll see all of them. But the ones that you'll see are the ones from Nitty City, the original one I did for Northfield Yarn Shop, the other one's too big to bring. And I have one in here from my grandfather my father's Tremening, second cousin who was a student at St. Olaf College. She came over um, in the 1950s and this is yarn from her and it's imbued with that story so I need to find her dormitory at St. Olaf and go take a picture in front of that and then this one here that you're seeing that we see here in your mind's eye you can see it. It's gorgeous! Okay. Um, Includes yarn from the Hadeland Husfried Lag uh, about an hour north of Oslo in Norway and um, including some of their reflective yarn so you have to come and take a flash photo of it okay i'll shut up now you need to do your job no it's so beautiful and there's so many ways this we could weave and spin this story out right yeah right absolutely (laughs) for a long long time (laughs) it's just been a pure pleasure and thank you for um just being a part of the show, you know, coming down and, and visiting us again in the Arsene Radio Studio. Absolutely. Because you have so many great inspirations Thank to, you. and stories. Oh, and also I'll have hearts, crocheted hearts for everybody who comes to the, oh to the exhibition, to the presentation. That's a reason to go. Free little heart skis. Lisa Dolan has been <laughs> my guest. The website for her is Lisa Dolan, D A E. H-L-I-N dot wordpress dot com. Yes. And we should have said this before, but I, it's terrible. It's Dallin. I should have told you Dallin? before. When Yes. I came in in such a flurry this morning. I was rushing to get over here. It's Dallin. I should have said that. So okay. my, my little ego. But you're, oh, thank you. It's wonderful. It's, you know, no one ever pronounces it right. So it's a thing. Blah, 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 blah. Lisa Dallin dot com. You are wonderful. Wordpress dot com. Yes. And it. I just want to say this is wonderful that this program exists, this radio station exists, and this town is here. You guys really do have a great town here. And I, you know, I visit quite often. So I don't live here, live here. And I know it's different to be on vacation and travel somewhere than to be there. But this is a special place. It's really it's it's wonderful. And we so, so I love visiting too. here. Thank you for bringing me on to your show. Thank you. Folks, you've been listening to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Please remember to add Art Zany to your life. And in the meantime, till next time, enjoy your imagination. Hi, do you have an event coming up? Are you planning a wedding, graduation, concert, grand opening? Stop in at By All Means Graphics in the heart of downtown Northfield. I'm Rob Shanlack. I own the place. 
Veronica, Stephanie, Sarah, Grace, Julie, and I are at the ready to help you with your to-do list. We can help with invitations, save the dates, programs, and marketing materials to promote your event. Hey, we also publish the entertainment guide, which may be a fit as well. We're at 17 Bridge Square. Call us, 507-663-7937. By all means, grab us. <laughs> 